This is New Life Christian Fellowship's weekly message podcast. You can find us online at newlifepetaluma.org. And now, this week's message. We're wrapping up a series this morning that's been called Ride the Wind. And the basic concept is life can either be a roller coaster or an adventure. And I guess depending on how you see roller coasters, they could be one and the same. But there is no denying that this year has been the kind of scary adventure that maybe none of us would have signed on for. And the question hangs in the air, how is it that this can feel like an adventure that we're on with God, as opposed to a roller coaster that we're barely surviving and we don't know how it ends? And all the way through, we've talked about the power of relationships or the power of good teaching to help us grow our faith during these times or how God can use circumstances actually to grow our faith and that nothing is wasted and he's the God of redemption, that he could take something that is hideous and turn it into something that is beautiful. He's like the ultimate phoenix. Um, all the way through, we've talked through different ways that when we tap into the Spirit of God, we can ride the wind, that we do not have to be that bird that is flapping their wings desperately just trying to stay afloat. That's what I always think of pigeons. I'm so sorry. Pigeons get such a bad rap. But they, like, when you ever see a pigeon take off or land, it looks a little bit precarious. <laughs> They were made for flight. I feel like a pigeon most of the time. But the other day I got the opportunity to just lay back on a blanket and look at the sky. And while I was watching the sky, I think they were vultures, unfortunately, were just riding the wind effortlessly. And I think, gosh, God, is that possible? Is it possible that if I find a way to tap into his spirit, this part of God that lives in me and is with me all of the time, could I ride the wind like that? Could I be at peace? Could could tumultuous things be happening around me? And I am at rest riding the wind. Today, we're going to talk about one particular thing that I think to my bones, to my bones, could help us ride the wind. So the obvious thing is, if the wind is the Spirit of God, then us tapping into the Spirit of God would be our best path for riding the wind. (laughs) So today, what we're going to talk about is the rhythms of connecting with God. And there's all kinds of ways to do this. And and the last thing I want to do today is to add a burden to your plate. The last thing I want you to hear me say is, I know this year is hard, but pull up your bootstraps and find a way to be more spiritual. Like, Jiminy, turn the camera off right now, if that's what our message is. (laughs) But I am going to suggest an idea. And I'm going to suggest an idea because I to my bones, believe that this is one of the best ways for us to ride the wind, specifically in 2020. And it's rhythms, rhythms of connection. So there's all kinds of rhythms, and you're participating in one right now. There is a rhythm of connecting with God through a church service, and you participate in that maybe weekly, maybe a little bit uh, less often than that. But kudos to you. You are participating in a rhythm that helps you connect with God. 
and ride the wind. There's a rhythm of connecting with relationships. We've talked about that in this series. And so the, for those of you that are in community groups, that is an awesome rhythm in your life to keep connected with God and to reconnect because you, you and I both know we fall off the rails at times. And so when we have these rhythms in our life that are preset, they're just part of our habits, part of our calendars. And I know that sounds unromantic. I know we all have visions of just feeling connected with God at all times. But it's work. It Like any relationship, it's work. And it doesn't have to be work all the time. Today, like I mentioned, I'm out in one of my favorite spots on the planet. Whenever I come out here, it does not feel like work to connect to God. It just feels like my spirit is where it belongs. And I can sense God's presence more clearly I'll admit the reason why that's the case is because I have a rhythm of coming to this place and seeking out the Spirit of God. That's why there's a habit in my spirit. It's like this well-worn path back to a place that I love. That is the power of rhythms. So if you come to the church service on Sunday mornings regularly, that becomes easier and easier to carve into your calendar. If you sign up for a community group and you begin to make friends there, that rhythm becomes no longer, yes, it's on your calendar, but no longer an obligatory habit that you're beginning to try to infuse into your life. It becomes a thing that you thirst for throughout the week and that rhythm fuels you. It doesn't take from us, even though it goes on our calendar, even though it's a thing that we always, always have to invest slash sacrifice for. These rhythms can be things that are life-giving. So I want to affirm the rhythms that you're already doing. And there's a lot of other rhythms you could be doing. Um, hopefully you have rhythms of self-care. And in that you connect with the design of who you are, who God made you to be. And in that you sense God's presence. So there's lots of other rhythms. I want to talk about one specific rhythm that uh, you may be doing already. And we want to infuse that and endorse that. And if you're not, I think it could be key to how we weather this time, not just riding out the storm, but riding the wind. Before we talk about the specific rhythm that I hope you will consider investing in, or if you already invest in this rhythm, that you will invigorate it in this season. Before we talk about that rhythm, can we just pull over to the side of the proverbial road and talk about a philosophy of Jesus's that never made a lick of sense to me until COVID. There's silver linings everywhere. In Jesus's first public teaching, he had this list of things that he laid out as his philosophies. And the rhythm, they're called the Beatitudes, and the rhythm of them are, um, he'll say, blessed is the person, and then he talks about a people group, and then he says, um, because, and then he gives the reason. And all of them are counterintuitive. Every single one of these philosophies is foreign to what we would consider just logic. But there's one in particular that this season has been like, oh, Jesus, that's what you were talking about. So you could find this set of philosophies in Matthew, the book of Matthew, chapter 5. And Matthew 5, 3 says, blessed are the poor in spirit, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. So blessed are people who are poor in spirit. I, I don't know what that translates to in the original Greek. 
or in the original language that Jesus was speaking, but in English, it's not great. And then on top of it, he goes on to say that people who are poor in spirit, they get to experience the kingdom of heaven, which again, maybe Jesus has this picture of the kingdom um, that I don't have. He definitely does. He definitely does. But even just the little bit that I can grasp, a kingdom is a place of security and abundance and um, privilege. And those two concepts put together, blessed are people who are poor in spirit because they get to experience the kingdom of heaven has just not made any sense to me until this difficult season. What I've come to understand is I have been poor in spirit in a way I have heretofore never experienced. (laughs) What I have learned is that when we're poor in spirit, it strips away the act it pulls down the mask. And the truth is, I try to live my life authentically all of the time, all of the time. The problem is sometimes I'm deluding myself that I like to think I have it all under control. I like to think, we got this. This is going okay. I like to think that my self-reliance is sufficient. And I don't mean to wear a mask with you. The truth is I'm wearing a mask of myself and, and COVID and the struggle of 2020 has made it so painfully obvious that I have needs. My level of poor in spirit is unprecedented. And it strips me from the delusion that, I, that I've that i got it and that I, I've got it all without God. And, I, and I'm okay. Like, he's a fun frosting on the cake. Like, if you want to get the most out of life, then you will go where God goes. Hey-oh. That's how, sadly, a lot of my perspective, my default perspectives have been. And this year, in all of its pain and all of its struggle, I heard somebody say last week, we struggle our way to wisdom. That is beautiful to me. And you could insert other things. We struggle our way to strength. We struggle our way to identity. Kind of all of my favorite things about who I want to be in this life are forged in the fire of struggle. This fire of struggle, this struggle, it doesn't have to always end up in wisdom. It doesn't have to always end up riding the wind. Just because we're struggling does not guarantee that we learn to ride the wind, that we learn to tap into God's spirit. But the truth is, it offers us an opportunity. And what I have learned is that my poor in spirit is the beautiful struggle that strips away the delusion that I've got it all together, that strips away the um, hope that somehow I can make this all better. And you might say that the loss of that hope is tragic. And I'll tell you, there are days where I am licking my proverbial wounds and I am agreeing with you that loss of hope is tragic. But what am I putting my hope in? I'm putting my hope in that I can control everything. I'm putting my hope in that I can make this all right. I can put my hope in that this will be over soon. I have no ability to actually guarantee any of those things. Now, I get it. Listen, I don't I don't actually have a whole lot of judgment for myself as I struggle through this. And I have zero judgment for you if you're struggling through this. The truth is our basic human needs are for safety and security and power and control. And not like we're power hungry, like we need to know that we have agency over our lives. Like these are basic human needs for affection and approval. 
But what I'm learning about being poor in spirit is when you strip all of those things away, nobody feels like they're under control right now. Nobody is receiving enough approval and affection, period. This is a season where we cannot deny that these basic needs aren't being met. But here's the thing. What we most logically and most frequently do, what we're tempted to believe is that we can get that from each other, or we can get that safety and security by being in control of our circumstances. So if I can't control a pandemic, I can control my children, which is making everyone miserable when we try to do that. And I don't even have kids, but my cat and I have been going round and round about this howling that's happening at night, and I have no ability to control it. We have this need, and when life gets tough like it is right now, when we are poor in spirit, we reach for shadows of the true source. So when I'm trying to control my circumstances, when I'm trying to control your choices, when I'm trying to control your vote, when I'm meddling there, I know, when I'm trying to control the outcome of things, I have no ability to control When I am seeking your approval, I'm reaching and grasping for what were echoes of the original source. Okay, so the original source is God. You probably saw that coming. (laughs) The original source is God, and he sends us other things to help us along. So yes, he endorses me, shows me affection, gives me his approval through his own words in the Bible, our times when we are connecting and I am riding the wind, but he also does it through you. He communicates his love to me through the people around me. But if I mistake your approval and affection, For the true source, I leave myself vulnerable in a way that I can't afford right now. So the beautiful thing about this poor in spirit business is it strips away all of those echoes or it highlights them. It shows them for what they are. I don't know about you, but if I'm sorry, I don't know what your experience or how you're trying these echoes on for size. But when I grasp at one and I think it's the true source, it does not hold water. You may approve of me today and tomorrow be criticizing me for something. And if I am attached to your approval as though it is the true source, I am bouncing all over the place based on things I, I have no control over. This is an amazing opportunity. This amount of struggle, I realize that it is also stripping away things that we feel like we can't afford to let go of. But some of the things this season of being poor in spirit are stripping away are things we never should have been grasping onto to begin with. So I deserve as a human being to have my basic needs of agency met, that I have some degree of margin of control over my world. But if I'm honest, what I want control over is so much bigger than what I actually have control over. And the reason I want to talk about this is because the rhythm that I'm going to recommend today is a perfect anecdote. That's not the right word. Is the perfect solution. Now that I've said that, now you're thinking of the correct word, which I still don't have. (laughs) Is the perfect solution for this problem that we're experiencing, where life is stripping away all of those echoes, the echoes of control, the echoes of affection, the echoes of security. Life is stripping those away 
and we're not sure what to put in its place. But what we always were meant to put in its place was a direct connection to the source of security, the source of power and control in all the best ways, the source of approval and affection. So blessed are you if you find yourself poor in spirit, because the kingdom of heaven includes direct access to the source of all the things that you need. Yeah. So let's just take a little bit of time and actually connect in. Let's not just theoretically talk about it. Let's take a little time to settle in and to connect with that source right now. Let's imagine 
you're out for a stroll. And on your back, you carry a pack. It's uncomfortably heavy. It carries your cares. As you walk, you consider the cares in your pack. On your left, Jesus is with you. He asks, can I carry something for you? Which ones would you like to give him? Is there any care you're holding on to? Jesus says, Come to me. All who are weary and burdened, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me, for I'm gentle and humble in heart, and you will find rest for your soul. For my yoke is easy and my burden is light. In other words, are you tired, worn out, burned out on religion? Come to me. Get away with me and you'll recover your life. I'll show you how to take a real rest. Walk with me and work with me. Watch how I do it. Learn the unforced rhythms of grace. I won't lay anything heavy or ill-fitting on you. Keep company with me and you'll learn to live freely and lightly. Amen, Jesus. If you'd like, in the stillness of this moment, let us know how we can carry your cares with you. Click the link in the chat and share your prayers on our digital connect card.
That was eight minutes of well-being. Riding the wind does not have to be cumbersome or difficult or a minute-by-minute struggle. I found in my life that this rhythm, which I'm going to call, just for fun, well beginnings, that when I choose to invest in intentionally connecting to the source to kick off my day, to begin my day, it is transformative for the rest of my day. And I can connect to the source at any time of day. I am a night owl by nature. And so I love the romantic in me loves to connect with God at nighttime because it brings out a whole different side of conversations between the two of us. It's much more poetic in the evening because that's how I'm wired up. But I have learned strategically so that well beginnings is a rhythm I cannot afford to do without. So even though I would naturally stay up late and sleep into the last possible moment before the day smacks me in the head, I have learned it is well worth every ounce of energy that I put in to have one of these well beginnings. And so that's the rhythm I'm going to encourage you to either invest in, or if you already do it, I'd like to talk a little bit about invigorating that time. Maybe you have a rhythm that is totally working for you and do not let me mess with that. You just go for it. But on the off chance that you are feeling a little bit poor in spirit these days, let's talk about one form of a well beginning. So here's how I have found it to be transformative to begin my day. A little bit of intentional time to purposefully connect to the original source will help me ride the wind the rest of the day. In that time, I am looking to reframe my day, which you would say you have just started your day. Do you need to reframe it? And the answer is yes. I love the fact that sleep to me is like the great reboot, but the problem is one of the things that reboots me back to is to kick off my day in a sense of performance and production. There is a boatload of things to get done today. I'd better perform well on these things that I need to produce. It's just like a default button, like beep, boop, reset, and I'm back into that place. And so taking this time to have a well beginning is a chance for me to reframe my day. And it's not like some magic action that I do. But the process of reconnecting to the original source in in an effort to ride the wind that day automatically reframes my day from a day of production and performance to a day of knowing where I belong and who approves of me. And that today is a day for me to exercise the agency that I do have to invest myself in things that really matter to me. And if you're investing yourself in things that don't matter to you, then okay, maybe you should talk about that in your well beginnings with God. (laughs) But most of us spend our days doing things that we actually do care about. But we probably have a similar reset button that I do that we turn it into an obligation or a chore that needs to be accomplished or something that is judging us that we need to perform to. So well beginnings for me reframe my day. They also, I have learned, reframe my needs. And so I'm going to talk turkey here for just a second. And I'm going to confess to some things that I'm going to guess you probably have experienced at one time or another. But I need to stop talking at God. And I need to start talking with God. And by that, I mean... (laughs) 
I find when I'm in one of these seasons of poor in spirit that I have a whole litany of things that I need to tell God because maybe he doesn't know what I need. <laughs> and I find myself and another thing, and I'm talking at God. When I actually work with this rhythm of well beginnings, I am much more likely to have a conversation with God. And in that I discover, A, he knows what I'm up against, but he actually really likes to hear me talk to him about it. Not at him, especially not at him demanding things from him. But when I talk to him, I feel heard. He listens in a way that makes me feel like I belong and I'm valuable and I receive comfort and compassion. But also, some of what I receive in this time is him reframing my needs. I learned this very painfully in a season when I was very angry with God and I was doing only just talking at him because the truth is I didn't want to hear what he had to say. But when I got done being that angry and I could actually have a conversation with him, one of the things that I realized is throughout that season of anger, I had just been telling God what I needed, which at the time what I thought I needed was protection and security um, of the type that is like, please take my problems away. When I got all done and we had a conversation, he reframed, hey, if you had wanted to talk with me, what we would have talked about was this opportunity here for you to learn a new side of yourself and that you actually, sister, did not need protection. What you needed was courage. What you needed was my endorsement, but you were so mad at me, you couldn't even hear my endorsement. And the truth is, I didn't actually care about his endorsement at the time. But I find that these conversations with God, where I am not talking at him, I am talking with him, gives him an opportunity to reframe my needs. And I find myself no longer just praying for the things that are obvious, because let's just be honest for a second. For me to tell God what I need is to presume that I know best what I need. And I'm sorry, if you've lived even a very short amount of time, you have discovered we can be off on what our demands and our needs are. <laughs> It's an arrogance that I just really don't like on me anymore. And so I find these well beginnings are an opportunity for me to have a conversation with God where we talk about what I think I need, but I'm open to having my needs be reframed. I find one of the ramifications of this is that I stop trying to produce control via prayer. So I am in a poor in spirit season. I am desiring to have more control than I do, but the truth is the things I want control over, I have no agency over. I can't actually control that, but I want that. And so I'm using my prayers <laughs> to control my environment. And then I'm disappointed in God for not giving me what I never should have asked for to begin with. So these well beginnings are an opportunity to reframe my day and I find that they also reframe my needs. So you may at this point be like, um, yes, please. Can I please have a well beginning? That sounds like a wonderful addition to my life, especially if it comes in 15 minute increments. And yet you may not yet know how to do that. So I have good news for you. A buddy of mine, bless her heart, Gail Butler. This is a shout out to my friend. We have been working on a little passel of resources. So if you would like to in the chat today, there will be 
a button for you to click on to join a distribution list. And we will send you for the next 30 days, we will send you a well beginnings prompt, a little 15 to 30 minute exercise that you could do similar to the visualization that we did today. Not all that creative. Sometimes they're just a prompt of a conversation for you to have with God. They are a whole litany of different kinds of ways to connect to the original source, no matter what your personality is, no matter how confident you are in prayer. I've been around the block a few times with prayer, and I find these things to be super life-giving. But I have done some of these exercises with people who are brand new to prayer, and you do not need any prayer experience to do this type of connection, this type of conversation. So not only do I want to highly recommend you consider beginning your day with 15 to 30 minutes. I mean, 30 minutes is on the top end of that. Start with eight. We did eight today. Start with what you can do and just see if perhaps the rhythm of well beginnings might help you ride the wind in the days to come. We hope you enjoyed this week's message. You can find more information about New Life, including contact information at newlifepetaluma.org. Thanks for listening.